0: Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's Hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hey, happy Thursday friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the P40 Ministries podcast, and we are moving on to Mark chapter 16 today, which is the last chapter of Mark. And we're only going to be in this section of Mark for literally two days so I'm gonna break it up into two days and Tuesday we're going to finish out Mark and move on to Luke on Thursday. So I'm excited about that, looking forward to it, and I hope you guys are as well. Please continue to uh, share the podcast, let people know it exists, and, uh, you know, write those reviews, rate the podcast, and all those things are going to help the P40 Ministries podcast get found by more people. So let's go ahead and start Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, and we're going to talk about one through eight today, and possibly many of you guys know the, uh, the controversy that is, uh, in Mark chapter 16 that we will talk about today. So the first portion I'm going to talk about today and then the second portion, which is kind of the controversial portion, I suppose, I'll talk about on Tuesday. So go ahead and grab your Bible. I'll be reading out of the WEB as I always do. Please feel free to read out of the version you prefer to read out of because at this point it doesn't really matter. Now, when we move on to um, Tuesdays, depending on what version you read, I'm not actually sure, if some versions even include uh, 9 through 20 in, in their uh, versions, I'm not actually sure, but we'll talk about that later. So let's go ahead and talk about Mark 16, 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and the Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? For it was very big. Looking up, they saw that the stone was already rolled back. Entering into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were amazed. He said to them, Don't be amazed. You seek Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter. He goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had come on them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So I should add real quick that, uh, there is a manuscript and I believe the NIV adds in another verse after verse eight, which says, let me find it here. It says, um, they told all that had been commanded them briefly to those around Peter. And after that, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west with the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. So that's kind of a verse that uh, was added in later on, and some translations do in fact add and others do not. The W.E.B. did not add that one in. And we'll talk a lot more about the controversial ending of Mark, uh, I think, on Tuesday. I'm not going to get into it today because we have plenty to discuss right here in verses one through eight, which people who believe that the verses after verse eight are Uh, shouldn't be added into the Bible, do in fact believe that verses 1 through 8 are accurate and reliable. So when we get to verses 9 through 20 on Tuesday, I will definitely talk about the controversies regarding Mark uh, 16, 9 through 20. But today let's focus on 1 through 8, which Everyone knows that one through eight is completely reliable, completely accurate. Uh, There is no disagreement about verses one through eight. So let's talk about that. Okay, so it says here that the Sabbath was finally passed and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. So we also know that there were a couple other women as well, because I think Luke mentions another woman who was there, which I I think her name was Joanna, and possibly Jesus's mother was there as well. Now, we talked about Mary, the mother of James the less and of Joseph, and we don't know if that Mary and um, Jesus's mother were the same woman or not. We don't know, but it's possible It's also possible this was a different Mary because Mary was a very common name back in those days. I believe it was the most common name for females, kind of like how the name Mike is very common right now. I know like 20 Mikes. Okay, I know so many Mikes. Okay, so anyway, Mary was a very common name. And so there's several Marys here. Mary, the mother of James, and possibly Mary, Jesus' mother, was there as well. And, of course, this woman, Salome, and then we find out another woman named Joanne, or Joanna, was there. So these women, it's, it's the day after service, so this would have been a Sunday, Sunday morning, that these women were going over to Jesus's tomb to anoint him. Because when we left off on Thursday, we found out that because of the preparation day, in other words, that would be the day before Sabbath, people would have to prepare for the Sabbath day, you know, they'd have to cook their food all ahead of time. They'd have to do whatever they'd have to do all this stuff in order to uh, prepare for the Sabbath day, because back in those days, not much could be done on the Sabbath day, according to the Pharisees, and that people could get in trouble for doing certain actions on the Sabbath day. And we went into that plenty and how Jesus was like, you guys are being ridiculous and all that stuff. So Jesus's body could not properly be anointed on the preparation day because it was getting to be uh, too late. You know, Sabbath day was starting and Jesus had to just be quickly wrapped up and set in the tomb. So now the women had to wait for the entire Sabbath day to be over in order to go and uh, anoint Jesus and and properly prepare the spices and everything. So it says that it was um, it was early in the morning, but the sun had already completely risen. And so the women were saying, they're like, so how are we going to get into this tomb? Because there was a big old stone rolled over it, which I'm sure you guys know, the big old stone. And that was to keep out animals. That was to keep out tomb robbers. That was to, you know, that was to keep things out and, pro- and keep the smell and the decay inside. So the, the tomb was always covered with a big old rock. So that uh, things could stay out and dead bodies could stay in. So now the women are asking, like, how are we going to get in there? Because this stone is super heavy. Like, we're going to have to figure out a way to roll this stone away because we're not going to be able to do it because these stones were heavy, heavy stones, like several hundred pounds. So the women were discussing, like, how are we going to get this stone rolled away? We're going to have to find some men to uh, roll it away for us. But then they they get near the tomb. And they see that the stone is already rolled away. And they're like, what in the world? Like, how is the stone rolled away? So it says that they enter into the tomb. So they go in and it was probably one that they had to like stoop down into and, uh, you know, get in there. And so they, they go into the tomb and Jesus, his body is not there. But they see this man, which was an angel, sitting off to the side and he was wearing this bright white robe but he looked like a young man and so the women are all just standing there like what is happening like how how is this guy sitting in here who is this and so then the angel he says to the women he's like don't be amazed you're seeking jesus the nazarene who has been crucified but he is risen and he's like look he's not here like look where he was laying he's he's gone he's not here He's, he walked out, he is totally risen. And so he says, see the place where they laid him. And then the women are kind of just standing there gawking. And so he's like, go and tell the disciples and go and tell Peter that he is going to go into Galilee, like he said, and you're going to see him there. And so that's the, that's kind of the funny part for me is like the angels like, He said he was going to do all this. So why are you standing there like gawking like you? You shouldn't be surprised. He told you guys all this stuff ahead of time. And we know that that happened because in Mark, Jesus would often sit down and talk plainly. That is the word that Mark used. He would talk plainly and openly everything that was going to happen to him after he was after he had died. He literally told them that he was going to die. He was going to be resurrected and he was going to meet them in Galilee. I find that funny because yes, I can understand how unbelievable that is, but for the Messiah, You know, the the disciples and everybody listening to that, those conversations, if they believed he was the Messiah, they should have believed that he was going to rise again on the third day. But then I'm putting myself in that situation. Even if, you know, I was listening literally to the Messiah, I don't know if I'd believe that, you know, because that's so unbelievable to think about somebody dying, even if it's the Messiah, the Messiah dying and being resurrected on the third day. Like it's just an unbelievable thing. And clearly it is very unbelievable because people to this day don't believe it. (laughs) I mean, to this day there's still people that believe that uh Jesus' disciples went and stole his body. They they truly believe that. They believe that Jesus's disciples stole the body and that is and that uh Christianity is false. And we even worship a false God which is Jesus. Like people believe that Jewish people believe that. And, uh, you know, this is a very unbelievable thing. And if it weren't, people would believe it. <laughs> people b- would believe that Jesus was able to do that. And so, yeah, thinking about it, I can't really, uh, fault the disciples too much for not believing this unbelievable and, uh, majestic thing that Jesus was going to do. But it is funny that the angel was basically like, well, why don't you guys like, why are you- just standing there gawking, like, why don't you get it? Like, why didn't you understand or listen to Jesus? So that part's kind of funny to me. But I've mentioned this a handful of times before, but in verse seven, the angel tells the women to go tell the disciples and Peter. So, you know, Peter had done something kind of unforgivable in his own mind, right? He had denied his Christ. He had denied Jesus three times. And even brought curses down on himself with uh, the name Jesus. Like, that's what he had done. And probably in Peter's mind, he was probably still just sick over this. I can imagine he was sick about it. And he was probably feeling tons of shame. And, you know, maybe even still crying about it at this point because of what he had done. Maybe thought that his salvation, he didn't have salvation anymore. He might've believed that. I mean, I, I don't know what he, what was going on with Peter, but the angel specifically mentions Peter by name. So he was telling the women, go tell all the disciples and Peter, the one who has been uh, out of the fold, the one who denied Jesus, go and tell Peter specifically that Jesus is risen. So Peter was still in the fold, even though Peter may have believed He was outside of it. Maybe he believed that he um, that he just was not forgiven anymore. But now hearing the women's words, it's possible that he just understood the depth of forgiveness that God had for him, even though he denied Jesus. So I think that part is just so beautiful that Peter's name is specifically mentioned here. So then it says here in verse eight that the women went out and fled from the tomb, trembling with astonishment. And it said, and it says here that they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So a lot of people translate this because we know the women did eventually go and tell the disciples uh, everything that had happened. We know that that happened, but. When they were trembling and when they were afraid, they weren't discussing it with anyone else. So that is typically how the um, verse is translated, because we do know from reliable other sources in the gospel that the women did, in fact, eventually go and tell the disciples, but they were afraid and they were scared to talk about it with anybody else and even afraid to talk about it among themselves. So that is why there is another transcript of Mark, a very early one and an isolated one that added the verse in which I mentioned earlier, which was um, they went and told all that had been and commanded them briefly to those around Peter, which we know that is true because they did go and they quickly said it because The disciples ran out to go see for themselves. So yeah, there is an isolated um, manuscript that added in that particular verse. But the last thing I want to talk about before we conclude is why did Jesus have to be resurrected? So I'm going to answer this question by going over again to my Alive Coloring devotional that I wrote last year and reading a little snippet that I put on page 22 here. And I'm mainly going to read this to you guys because since I already wrote it down, the answer to the question, why not just read it? Okay. So it says one question I have been asked before is why did Jesus even need to be resurrected from the dead? What was the point? Well, it's actually rather simple because imagine if Jesus had never come back for the dead, would there be any hope of salvation at all? No, because Jesus would look like a liar since he told many people before he died that he would be resurrected. In the end, Jesus would have appeared to be just another ordinary person who died a gruesome death. Yes, we might have remembered Jesus historically, but his influence would have been much lesser than it is today. Many people would have forgotten who he was. In fact, Paul talks about this very thing in 1 Corinthians 15. He says in verse 17, If Christ has not been resurrected, your faith is vain and you are still in your sins. In other words, if Christ hadn't come back from the dead, our faith would be useless. We would still be dying in our sins without any hope of salvation or forgiveness. By resurrecting, Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of the Messiah and proved that he was God in human form. He conquered death and defeated it and it had absolutely no power over him and it doesn't have power over us anymore and that's literally the point and you know that's the point of why Jesus was resurrected from the dead it's to give us life you know because Jesus is life he is proving by resurrecting that he is in fact life he is proving that death is not the end that when we die we have life after death he breathes Life into death. And so that is our hope. The hope that we have in Jesus is that when we die, we're going to be forgiven. We are going to be uh, given new life up in heaven. And, uh, you know, death has no power over us. I mean, there's a verse that says, death, where is your sting? There's no sting in death anymore because we believe in Jesus who is all-powerful, completely powerful over us death. And that is the hope that we have, the hope that we are forgiven and that Jesus is ours. But we will finish this next section of Mark. So yes, I'll definitely go way more into verses um, nine through 20 in uh, on Tuesday to talk about, I suppose, the pros and cons Of verses 9 through 20 now I'm gonna say that uh, I I personally do believe that they were meant to be added into scripture I'll say that just right off the bat but uh, you guys can go and listen to that episode on Tuesday that I'll do about that and learn why verses 9 through 20 are um, are considered controversial But friends, you know, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to it. I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, happy listening and God bless.